143 here in podcast time. Welcome to the podcast edition of the show. It's Eric Chase and the fam. Alex will be along shortly. When I wake up in As she usually is on a Tuesday, Janet Amid will be on in real time here. Uh, Alex is going to be on in 17 minutes. Janet at uh, at 3 o'clock, so an hour and 17 minutes. We'll get some readings for some people who have hopped in. If you listen to the podcast and you'd like to be one of the people who get a free a quickie reading from Janet. The readings that Janet does the readings that Janet does here uh, are the fast versions. You get like 90 seconds, 60 seconds. You get a much uh, more comprehensive, exhaustive reading like an hour with Janet when you uh when you do one of her sessions. But if you ever want to, want the quick one, it's kind of like uh what what a harbinger of what an appetizer of what you'll get with her when you go to her office or over the phone or Zoom. You can always connect with me and say, hey, can I be one of those people, one of those three readings you do with Janet on the podcast? And again, uh, Jay Skiba from The Blade will join us shortly as well um, to talk about what happened over the weekend. Well, going back to last week with how um, the editors made some some editorial changes to stories from some of the writers at The Blade, then the byline strike in things moving forward. Jay will provide some clarity with that. Alex has some things to get to. We can talk about the Kamala Harris story, the Kamala Harris story and what she was wearing and how people thought of her and how complicated it is for certain people, myself included. Um, you've got to predict what people will think of you and maybe get away from what your core being is. Make some sense of that. Alex dug up a good story about Zendaya. Oh, we have some other Hollywood things to get to. First, let me give you a heads up. I know a lot of people enjoy this, and it allows you allows me to give you a, a shot into my childhood or teenagehood. So the Ottawa Park Skating Rink opens um, this Friday. There's different sessions. There's some limitations, as you might expect with COVID. No more than 35 skaters at a time. I don't know if we have other skating rinks in the area. We used to have, up until this year, uh, we had that skating rink in between... The hotel in one of the Seagate buildings downtown, that was nice. And uh, the Ottawa Park Skating Rink is finally going to open up on Friday. I've went, I've gone ice skating once or twice, and I wasn't very good at it. But two of my favorite times, my favorite nights ever living here in Toledo, and it's now been, uh, I Facebook popped up and showed me a, um, a video of when Diddy and I first moved here downtown in like G- January 8th or so of 2013. So 13. Eight full years I've lived here. And two of my very favorite nights here were when I, uh, actually I've been three times overall, but two of my favorite nights were when I went to Ohio Skate. Um, I don't know what, what, what came over me, but I'm like, I haven't skated in a long time, but I was, I was Still, I guess it's a lot like riding a bike because um, I spent my, my from about 10 years old till 20, half of my upright on my feet life was spent um, on roller skates or at a skating rink. I started going to a skating rink called the Palace back home in Philadelphia where I grew up and then uh, my dad became a manager there. So I would spend even more time there all Friday night. 
um, all Saturday night, and then sometimes on Sunday afternoon, and then I started working there. I, I did the skate counter. So in addition to social time there, I started working there. There would be entire weekends. Entire, so I had sports to do, but... So I'd be there all Friday night, maybe have like a game Saturday morning, then go to work at the skating rink, work from like 10 to 5, go home, eat dinner, come back for the night skate and and socialize for that, and then come back Sunday. Literally, like most of my upright life when I was a teenager was spent at the skating rink. I, I did everything, skate counter, floor guard, snack bar, um, didn't do the pro shop. I did, I, I finished up uh, being a DJ there, and that's where my DJ, like playing songs, mixing stuff, that's where my DJ career began. That's why um, skating stuff has a special place in my heart, and I had a great night one night at the Ohio Skate Mall Me, and then several years later, I think it was uh, the week in between Christmas and New Year's, um, I was told that I needed to go. I did like the, it's like the family night skate, because there's not really a time for, I guess, somebody like me. Oh, I guess there was. Um, but my options were limited, and it was hard to pick a spot on the schedule, especially having to wake up early morning hours. But that week being off allowed me to go to the adult skate, which was like um, like throwback R&B and, and, and funk stuff. It was the only current song that got played when we went that fit with the music that was being played that night was 24 Karat uh, from Bruno Mars. Everything sounded like that, but from 30 years earlier in Proctor, uh, Proctor and I went, and uh, and Monica joined us, and it was a blast. Um, I had skated so many years during my younger days, I, I really had not lost anything. So, um, But I can't ice skate. It is completely and utterly different. I, different. I remember I when I was roller skating and I started to play some floor hockey, there were some nights we finally convinced the owner at the Palace to let us play floor hockey. For the longest time, he didn't want us dinging up the floor, but he realized if he could do some hockey leagues, he could make some extra revenue. So after spending like all of a Friday afternoon and evening at the skating rink, after all like the 7 to 11 skate would go home, we'd clear it, we'd clean the place up, and then we'd bring out um, hockey stuff, and we would play hockey sometimes till like 3 o'clock in the morning. Again, I was not kidding when I said half of my upright life between the ages of 10 to 20, was spent at a skating rink. Some other things to throw on your radar, uh, the Toledo Northwestern Ohio Food Bank has been a lifesaver for a long time, but maybe more so um, during the pandemic as people have lost jobs. And it seems like once a week now, I'm, I'm coming across something in the Blade where they list the weekly locations of distribution events for the Toledo Northwestern Ohio Food Bank. It's uh, Tuesday, so I'll give you a couple later this week. Tomorrow, 10 to noon, Swanton Public Library. Also tomorrow, 11 to 1, at the Lock Branch of the Library on Miami. Thursday, 10 to 1, Grace Lutheran, um, West State Street. Uh, that looks like that's in Fremont. And then Friday, 9 to 1, at the Erie Street Market. They are non-contact distributions, and all are hosted by the Toledo Northwestern Ohio Food Bank. And the National Guard helps out. You can find out more at ToledoFoodBank.org under the Events tab, 419-242-5000. Um, and again, they are doing this each and every night this week. Also, this uh, tonight, it looks like it happens again. It might have even began last week, but I'm seeing a lot of press about it, how the Metro Parks is opening up trails for night bike rides and hikes. I believe you got to provide your own life. It's uh, light. Um, it's for all skill levels. 
but these are a cool new thing to do. Uh, for experienced mountain bikers, nighttime rides will take off from the Beach Ridge area portion of Oak Openings near Swanton, 630, on every other Thursday beginning January 7th up until March 4th. So as if our uh, metro parks weren't cool enough and giving us plenty of things to do all the time, now something to do in the evenings. Though I will hold off until it gets a little warmer. My friend uh, Alex Getz, the wildlife filmmaker, has been out several days this week. He is always doing things at um, at the metro parks. He's like, when are you going to come join me watch animals. I love wa- watching animals. I love seeing the blue jays swoop down and scare off the squirrels and get my get the peanuts that I leave out for them. But um yeah, I'll wait till it's warmer to be out in the cold with Alex and I will spend all that time in the world with Alex. Uh a couple other things to update you on this morning I finalized. Well, I I've been doing um uh kind of like a percentage level with my friend who uh, has some relationships with Yark here at work. And I was like, we're at 80%. Up, oh, hold on a second. We're down to 70%. Now we're at 78%. And as of me getting to work today, I'm at 97% of getting a new vehicle because um, you've heard the last couple of days, you know, it is the, it's the connected tissue between mine and my brother's relationship outside of being related. Uh, I always joke that, he has like this pouch of car pixie dust. And I was talking to my friend Gabby, who I asked my brother for some information about helping her buy a car. And I, I put some blame on her. She was the catalyst. Um, like a month or so ago, she was asking questions. I said, let me ask my brother. I asked Paul, and before you know it, Paul and I are talking cars, and bang, here I am getting a new vehicle. And it was uh, a really easy experience with Yark. I wanted to... Save. I was able to hopefully get more money from a website called Carvana. They were going to buy my car for X amount, but there was a massive deal-breaking, catastrophic hiccup that was like a one-in-a-million chance that made me throw that deal to the side, so I had to make it work out with, with Yark. And I guess in this sense, it's easier because trying to sell your car to one entity, even though... Carvana makes it really, really easy um, from all the reviews that I get and the, the, the communications that I've had with them. They have been super simple, very helpful, very friendly on the phone, great customer service. But still, the juggling of selling one car to one entity, buying one from another, trying to get insurance for both home and auto moved over. It's just juggling a lot. And um, usually I'm very... I enjoy the car buying experience, unlike most people, because I have the ammunition and the arsenal of my brother and his information in all my pockets, so he helps make it easy on me, but with this stuff, it got hairy pretty quickly, but um, that happened to end last night. Uh, Diddy's senior blood work came back, and so did his his urine test, and the vet said he uh, his blood work interesting adjective but I will absolutely take it um his his blood work uh, looked beautiful for an 11 year old dog he is uh he is all good his uh urinal urinalysis um nothing about um any kind of kidney issues hold on Alex is texting three and you can join now um your analysis completely clear. I think the vet said something about possible kidney things, but like nothing at all to follow up on. 
for what he has been drinking a lot of water lately. Like I'll put his water down and he will drink all of it. Um, I can only guess and the vet seemed to think this could be a thing. Maybe there's maybe his his uh, his senior dog food has made him super thirsty. So that's why he was drinking a lot of water, thus needing to have long pee sessions or need to go more frequently. But there is nothing medically wrong with him. And um, as I've said before in the podcast, I'm not um, outwardly grateful for anything regularly. But their health is one thing that not a day goes by where I'm like, wow, I have an 11 and an 8-year-old dog. Thankfully, they is they are as energetic as I could ask for. You would never guess that they are their actual age. If you see a video I shared back out on Facebook today from eight years ago, Diddy is running laps in my apartment downtown, and he is still going at the same speed. So I am. Um, I don't use the blessed word. I don't say other things with spirituality or anything like that. No, thank God. But man. I do not take for granted they are in great shape at their ages, and I'm glad that their their health is good. I just told Alex she can join, so we're going to sit here. Actually, I'm going to sit here and wait for Alex and Jay from The Blade to provide further clarity, and then we'll put that, that issue to bed until it potentially arises again, but you won't notice the pause because I will do the edit. Yo. Shwello! Hi. How are you? Ah, uh, you know, okay. Why are you whispery? Am I whispery? Well, whispery. Oh, I'm in. I'm at work. I'm in one of the bedrooms though, with the door closed. Look, how you want to break break your employee employer contract is not how none of my business. I usually do the podcast on my breaks. So, um, like I told Jordan, I was like, "Hey, I'm gonna jump on the podcast. I'm hopping in back in the back of one of the rooms. I'm gonna take a break." He's like, "How long are you gonna be on the podcast?" And I was like, "At least thirty minutes or more." Like. But that's how long breaks are. <laughs> um, you don't have to. Uh, you you don't have to uh, hang out for the Janet stuff. But I think um, I know you have some things you want to get to, and I already did like a little preamble here. Oh, um, you did? Yeah. So just some things I wanted to throw out there, and uh, we're, we're loaded up with guests um, for today and tomorrow. So perfect. If you're not here for Janet, that's fine. But we can. The uh, the two things you brought up are things I I definitely think we should talk about. Um, mm-hmm. But we'll save that for after Jay, and he should be joining us um, momentarily. And forgive me, I still want to hear how that Friday into the weekend situation um, <laughs> went. But um, uh, yeah, this car stuff has gone. It 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 it's never easy to buy a car, and I'm very fortunate that I have my brother to help mm-hmm. me out to make it easier because um, it it all blew up this morning. Did it? I feel like you're also very thorough, though. Like you, you probably go on a lot more detail about cars than I do. Yeah, because um, Paul, <laughs> it's a big purchase. <laughs> well, well, Paul helps, and um, like most people, if they get the number they're looking for, they're happy. Yeah, like Paul and I, like Paul, makes sure like we're doing. Like, did you? Here's a nugget: for every thousand dollars you put down on a lease, it's worth thirty dollars a month. I think I did know that. I knew that I knew that there was a ratio. I may not have known what the exact ratio was. Yeah, but it's different That's for financing. Um, but I'm gonna have to bail from State Farm because they don't offer gap. Long story short, so I was gonna sell my car to Carvana. Yes. I'm on the Remember phone today. That. I got I got three out of the four boxes checked. I'm talking to Rachel. 
Rachel calls up Hyundai Motor Finance. We're talking to Eugene, who was eavesdropping on our situation about dogs. And he's like, I want to hear about your dogs, but I got to give you bad news. You mm-hmm. live in one of the five states. You cannot sell your car to Nirvana unless you are at the dealer where you bought it, which is Philadelphia. Oh, oh, that sucks. Yeah, but we uh, we worked it out, and um, so I ran over before work, and uh, I needed to test drive it in a different mindset, and I did, uh-huh. and I and I said yes. You did. Oh, you said yes. Oh, I suggest to the dress. Yeah, hold on. I'm sending you right now. I want to see. You can tell me if this is a, a me car or I can tell you this. Dogs will never be in that vehicle. I will rent another vehicle because of, you know what it's like to have dogs in cars. <laughs> Snot all on the windows. Not that. Fingernails. Yes. Fingernail like fur, their fingernails on leather yep. in, in my car, like their fingernails on the leather and their fingernails like rolling down the windows by accident, touching stuff. Uh, oh, oh, I, oh, okay. Now you sound louder. I wonder if my phone was being funny. This looks so good. This is a U car. This is exactly what I was thinking you were going to get. Like when you said Mazda and I know you do like SUVs. Yeah. I'm like, they have a really good looking SUV. It almost looks like a Volvo. Yeah. Or an infinity kind of. Yeah. It looks really good. Although I imagine you in white. I have white now. I did white. I, and in fact, I, I told Paul, I was like, I don't even care. I don't care what color I get because I've had a mm-hmm. bunch. And as mm-hmm. long as it's not too ostentatious, I'm fine with it. I've never had red. This looks good. Wait, I've never no, had this red. This. Yeah, this looks good. I've only ever had white cars. Um, here's my here's my uh, first time I had Andre in the car. You you mm-hmm. talked about it. so he he chose to go in the back. Mm-hmm. And um, here comes Jay. Perfect timing. Hi, Jay. Hello, Eric. What's up, Hi. man? Uh, Alex is on with us. Uh, Hi, Alex. Jay. Hi, Alex. Jay, you will you will love this story. Uh, I'm talking about the first time um, I had my little dog in the car. And if you have a dog in the car story with Dane, we can start with that. So <laughs> Diddy sits in the front seat. He loves sitting in the front seat. Andre's like, screw this. I'm going in the back. I'm like, fine. So what does he do? Alex, he immediately finds the window, rolls it down. <laughs> So I was driving from downtown to the to uh, like St. Clairville, like home slice to market on the green. So I'm just going up Madison or whatever. And uh, they're in the car with me. Andre rolls the window down. I roll it back up. I go another light. Andre rolls it down. I roll it back up. And this this happened to and from this. I'm like, I got to find the child or dog lock so he's not rolling down the window. Oh, my God. I love Andre. He would Jay, do that. how is Dane in the car with you? Uh, he loves being in the car. I do have, I was trying to think of a story real quick about a car story with him and it made me think of, um, so in my lifetime, um, I'm 29, I turn 30 in a couple of weeks, don't tell anybody, um, but I'm 29, I only have one speeding ticket in my entire life and it's my dog's fault. Oh, okay. t- tell us. Yes, this was, let's see, I don't know, probably like five or six years ago now, but I'm driving uh, on the interstate, um, 80, 90, somewhere in Indiana, which is like the worst place to drive ever, by the way. Um, Anyhow, so yeah, I'm doing like, whatever the speed limit is, 70, I think. And uh, I had like, I'm on a road trip. My mom's in the car, I think, my sister. 
and uh, I was I grabbed something to eat, like a box of something, like I don't know if it was crackers or whatever it was, and so I opened that, and of course that gets Dane's attention because there's food, and then he kind of like he's in the back and sort of nudges his way up onto the armrest, and he's like <laughs> messing with thing, and then uh, so I'm not really paying attention to the road at this point. <laughs> and then, and then, next, yeah. Next thing I know, there's you know lights and sirens, and I look down. I notice I'm doing like 82. And I'm like, oh god. So yeah, I got got because of my dog. Did uh, whoever pulled you over? Did you? What did he take to you telling him about the dog part of it? Uh, there wasn't a whole lot of conversation involved <laughs> because, uh, of course, as soon as the cop approaches the car, you know, the dog just starts barking his head off at the guy. So I'm like, this is really not going to improve my chances of getting <laughs> off here. Good stuff. Uh, well, thanks for joining us. I've already done a little preamble, um, and Alex wasn't as up to speed with this as you might expect, which is a good, good way to start things because, you know, this is our dialogue. We, we live this life in dealing with um, you more so. We've had uh, parts of this discussion before. So Alex is kind of up to speed. We talked about it a little bit. So, Alex, do you, why don't you ask Jay questions so you can fill in, he can fill in blanks for you with what was going on with the Blade last week and where we are now. Oh my God, I was scared you were going to tell me to ask him questions. I don't have questions. <laughs> <laughs> um, Fine. Alex, for, uh, Jay, for somebody like Alex, who has no idea what's going on, can you put this in layman's terms for, for the general person? Thank you. That's a good question I should have asked. <laughs> I, Eric, this is what you pick up where I fall. Thank you. Jay? Yes, I will do my best. So there's kind of... Two, two separate things that happened, and they're kind of related to each other, kind of not, but the second one kind of explains the first one. So sure. I'll, I'll go in order. So on um, Wednesday, last week, we have the insurrection at the U.S. Capitol, and all hell is breaking loose. And our executive editor uh, sends an edict to our digital team, all of our web staff, mm-hmm. that they are not allowed to refer to any of these people as Trump supporters, which is ridiculous because it was literally a a Donald Mm -hmm. Trump branded event in Mm -hmm. which he spoke at and -hmm. addressed his supporters. Mm -hmm. So that's like the first thing that, you know, is we're we're like, okay, what's going on here? This is not, this is not cool. This is not right. And so then later on um, Wednesday evening, when uh, stories are coming in, they're getting filed um, there was a wire story, and when I say a wire story, that is one that is not written by one of our journalists. That's written by, you know, Associated Press or Reuters, stuff like that. Mm-hmm. And one of the uh, managers in the newsroom, they are not in our guild, they are separate from that. Um, one of the managers inserted the word mostly into the copy to make it say mostly Trump supporters were in the crowd. And then that same thing happened in another story that was written by one of our journalists. It was, uh, I think it was like a local reaction story talking to like Marcy Kafter, I want to say, and like our local politicians who, you know, were there when all this was happening and talking to other local people in the area and getting their thoughts. And again, the same thing happened where they inserted that word to, you know, downplay what was really happening. And basically it's an effort to, make you know make it as donald trump friendly as possible which is not what we're in we're not in the business of doing that at least we're not Mm -hmm. supposed to be Mm -hmm. we're in the business of truth Mm -hmm. and 
So we had multiple people in management who took it upon themselves to, for whatever reason, manipulate that truth, which is in journalism, I mean, you just don't do that. And you know, it'd be one thing if I knew this was coming from people who were young or inexperienced, mm -hmm. but this mm -hmm. is coming from people who have worked in this business for literally decades. Mm -hmm. And a lot of these people have worked at the Blade for decades. And so for that to happen, it's just—it's a lot of things. It's—it's it's disappointing. It's shocking. Um, this is something that people are really—they were really torn up about this. I mean, we all talk. We're not—we're uh, all working remote, uh, the newsroom folks anyway. So we're not—we mm -hmm. don't see each other in person every day, but we all talk. And some of the reactions that I was getting from people, um, other reporters, were they were in tears over this situation. They were shaking with anger because they were so upset at this situation. So, like, this is not just me, the vice president of the Toledo News Guild, or Nolan Rosencrantz, the president of the guild. It's not just us, you know, begging our heads against the wall and making a ruckus over this. I mean, th this mm -hmm. goes down to almost everybody at the Blade. Sure. Um, and that's why we did what we did over the weekend for, I think, three days and all remove our names off of our stories. Mm -hmm. And so that's, like, the first thing, right? And the second thing is Thursday morning, um, we wake up and we see the post from Susan Allen Block. Mm -hmm. um, and who she is, is she is the wife of Allen Block, who is the chairman of Block Communications. Block Communications is the, I guess, kind of the umbrella company that owns the Blade. They own the Blade, they own the Pittsburgh Post-Gazette, mm -hmm. uh, they own Buckeye Cable. A lot of people mm -hmm. don't know that, and they're starting to realize it if they didn't. And obviously, you know, she said what she said. I think everyone has seen it or heard it. Um, the way the the way the blade covered it was pretty ridiculous. Um, if you saw that, but um, this is nothing new from her. I mean, she's made uh, awful comments on social media for years. It's been written about by other publications. Um, anti-Muslim rhetoric, anti-vaccination rhetoric, um, called Dr. Amy Acton a terrible name a few months ago and said wow. she could stick her mask up whatever orifice she chooses, um, stuff like that. So wow. it was a little surprising that I think it blew up in the way that it did. Um, this has been picked up by the Washington Post. It's been picked up by all these national outlets. And so it's been kind of... Um, it's been a whirlwind for the last few days. Can you um, can you like talk about how that's made the fact that it's become it's turned into a national story? If I were in your shoes, or if I were a journalist at the Blade, I feel like I would feel motivated by the fact that it's being picked up. This is really unfortunate what's happening, but I think that considering this story is um, picking up traction, I think that that is support in what you guys are experiencing and what you guys are feeling and that this is so wrong that it needs to be brought forward on a national level um, and criticized, correct? Yeah, I mean, the the outpouring of support that we've received mm -hmm. from, I mean, it's coast to coast. It's all, it's all over the place. It's been really um, overwhelming. It's been very, it's been very humbling. It's been, it's been great to see. Um, it's been, yeah, it's been a very interesting last week or so here, but I think it's it's nice to know that so many people, um, not just you know in all parts of the country, but so many people here locally too, 
seem to really care about this and they seem to to really support us and be on our side and we've gotten a lot of people asking what they can do to help us um should they you know should they cancel the blade and that's one thing that i wanted to come on here and address yes we, we do not want anybody to cancel the blade um that only hurts us because mm-hmm. the block family block communications every year their revenue is over 500 million dollars so if you one person cancels your blade subscription they don't care okay yeah. it doesn't affect them they don't care um that only hurts us because then they can use that as an excuse to you know make further cuts go even longer than 18 years without giving us a pay raise and so on Mm-hmm. So we don't want anybody to do that. Um, what we are asking people to do is one thing that you can do is reach out to people like the executive editor, Kurt Frank. His Blade contact information is on our website, so I'm not telling mm-hmm. you anything that you can't find yourself. Mm-hmm. If you have concerns, address it with him personally. There's nothing wrong, wrong with you. We lost Jay. Oh, I thought, okay, yeah, I'm still here. He's I'm like, oh my gosh, I lost them. Hopefully he'll whiz back in. He'll jump back in. So that's really interesting. I, I mean, I know that I, I essentially learned what was happening, you know, just the other day on our podcast. Like I did see um, there was something going on with the blade and I did see references to a black family. But there was, you know, there was just so much going on that I didn't take the time to sit down and understand it. And as I'm learning more and more about it, it's such a violation to the creativity of somebody's work and that they're writing, you know, a story and they don't have the creative control over, you know what I mean? That that control was taken from them without, it seems like without knowing it. And then it's always frustrating when you, when somebody is trying it to change wording to um, defer from the truth when it's like, it cannot be helped that the truth is uncomfortable you know, the truth needs to be said, whether it aligns with one message or another, you know, in that conversation you and I had yesterday, and that when I did my own story, and I said, I don't, I don't, you know, I need to, it's hard to share this information without somebody skewing it as being one sided. But if that's just the nature of the story, what can be done? Jay's back with us. Uh, Hi, Jay. Sorry about that. Um, Jay, this is probably a a much larger discussion. And but you've already brought it up, and, and hopefully people are clear now if they didn't already know. Mm-hmm. Basically, anywhere they get any kind of information, someone owns that entity. And the only reason they own that entity is to run it as a business. So there will always be agendas in play. And I know a lot of you guys. Some of you guys are my friends. Some of you guys, I, I revere you highly as colleagues. Like Allison, I don't know Allison personally, but I think Allison, Allison does, does incredible work. She um, does. I will always have Sarah Elms back because she has to sit in boring ass city council meetings and loves candy corn. <laughs> I have different relationships with all of you, and I feel so bad for you because a lot of you are younger than me, and, I, and I've been doing this a lot longer than you. And I learned long ago um, that, look, these are businesses, and it sucks, and they can often tell us what to say and what not to say. We got a little bit of a thing, and you might have seen the story because Cumulus became news over the last couple of days. And it sucks when somebody in an ivory tower goes, you can't say that, but you hired me to do the news. I know, but I want you to say it a different way. 
do we have any recourse other than continuing to share stuff like this and get people to go, that's unacceptable? I think what we're doing and we're working right now on putting together like an actual list of ways that people can stand with us and support us. And mm. a lot of people have reached out asking, you know, can they donate money to us or can they donate to our guild scholarship fund? Um, and we're, there's some legal hurdles we're trying to, you know, figure out with that, with that kind of stuff. So um, on that front, stay tuned to there's our Facebook and our Twitter pages. If you want to know what's going on and kind of what, what's the latest, what can you do? Keep up with those. And our Facebook page is Toledo News Guild. You can find us on Twitter as well, at Blade Guild, and that will give you a lot of information. And there's other things that are in the works that I can't really talk about right now that the public can get involved with, but we'll get that stuff out there soon enough. Um, to Eric's point on you know people in ivory towers or whatnot, and my dog is growling out the window. He's probably going to start barking. Sorry. He's growling dogs at the are, ivory tower. Dogs are always <laughs> welcome here. Yeah, there he is. But At least to it's not mine point, today. <laughs> to Eric's point on that, like we've known for years, you know, how the blocks lean politically. I mean, there are photos that you can find of John Block on an airplane with Keith Burris and Donald Trump. So, okay. I mean, like it's not hard to figure this out. Um, but, like, and, and that's fine. They can support whoever they want for candidates for president, you know. Not everybody is going to agree with that, but I mean, you can support whoever you want to, but what you can't do is let your political leanings as the owner of, you know, media entities, newspapers, TV stations, you can't let that filter down into your content and skew your content to Why where not? it no longer... Why not? Well, I think, as I said towards the beginning, you know, journalism is all about truth mm -hmm. and reporting on what is the truth. Um, another thing that I think I forgot to mention in the local story that got fiddled around with, they literally removed a reference to Donald Trump from the lead, which is the first paragraph of the story. Mm. Um, it, ha, there have been thousands of articles written about this insurrection since it happened, and that, that's probably the only article of all of them that didn't contain a reference to Donald Trump in the first paragraph. Like, that's not reality. And yeah. you also... Our readers, they're not stupid, and they also, they all own televisions, and they were watching. Like, they, they know what they saw. When you do what management did here, you're telling them that they didn't see what they saw. But, he, look, I'm not saying it's right, but I get it. They can do as they please, and then it's up to the readers to go either, well, this is ridiculous. Like, they're not reporting the truth here. But as I think we have all found out, I found out too much so during all the, the, this morass, half of the people, half of your readers probably agreed with the way it was ultimately written. And there is not, even though they are a media entity and they're not bound by FCC or anything, they're only bound by what they do and doesn't make money and doesn't fit their motives. They, they're not beholden to anything to tell the truth as you may see it. And as we've learned over the years, people can see exactly the same thing and see something completely different. And then that's up to you guys to go, I'm not going to work for this shit. Do you know, is the Block family, um, and I probably know the answer to this, is there any history of journalism within that family that would make them feel like they need to be loyal to journalism and the truth instead of 
their own personal motivations? Well, it just, I mean, personally, I don't think, I don't think the blocks really care. Yeah. I think they, they want to do whatever they want to do. Mm-hmm. Um, like these are people understand, like they're, they're, tw- they're twin brothers, John and Alan, and neither one of them have ever worked a day in their life. They were, they're two guys who were born on third base and thought they hit a triple. Everything like that the they Trump have. <laughs> like Trump I mean, kids. Like Trump kids. <laughs> their their father and their grandfather built this thing. Sure. Their father and their grandfather were highly respected. Um, did great great things for the blade. Did great great things for the community. And if either one of them were around today and saw what their kids have done to this thing, they would not be pleased. I'll just leave it at that. I, I want to jump ahead to maybe help get you in, have you answer that question. There and, I, and I'll fill in the blanks here. There was a I believe a seventy two hour. Um, Byline boycott where if you looked at any of the Blades products, it just said Toledo staff. All of your names were removed mm-hmm. in protest. Um, we can come back to the protest part of it. But what do you do when this ultimately happens again? Because it will. I mean, it's not like the temperature of life is coming down. Well, I would like to think that, you know, because the response has been so visceral to this that maybe it won't happen again. Maybe that's mm-hmm. wishful thinking. I don't know. Um, but there's kind of like I, I said a moment or two ago, you know, this isn't the only arrow in the quiver. You know, like there, there's more that we can do and there's more that we will do. Good. There have been things that have been in the works for months before any of this happened. And um, we're just kind of waiting when, until the time is right to, to get into all of that. I'm- uh, but the byline strike... You know, what that is, it's really just a way for the entire staff to stand up and send a very clear message to management that we think what you did is wrong, it's not okay, and we feel so strongly about that that we are willing to yank our names off of our stories for three or four days. And that was, uh, there was a, a a response that was drafted from, I assume, a lawyer at BCI, I don't know who it was that was put into one of the stories about this. And it mentioned that um, the byline strike, that participation, I think the, the phrasing they used was some reporters, but by no means all were in agreement with it. That's absolutely ridiculous for them to say that. That is not yeah. true at all. There was, to my knowledge, one person who had an issue with it. Everybody else was on board. So for them to say that, again, that's just not reality. So do you think, did the byline strike <clears throat> work as you had hoped? And why not take it a step even further where you do a complete strike? And I'll remove from the fact of that that I know that all of you do not want to take news away from the community. Um, so, yeah, those are my questions. So the byline strike, I think um, we'll see, I guess. Uh, mm. Time will tell and see if, if anything changes. Um, it's <clears throat> unfortunate and frustrating Again, speaking for myself here, that uh, you know, management is very aware that, as a whole, we're very upset about this, and they have not, to my knowledge, they have not reached out and said, "Hey, let's talk about this." They haven't given an explanation or an apology. Nothing. I think their their mindset, at least it appears to this point, is to just sweep it under the rug and hope everybody forgets about it. Are they on um, the? Is management in the guild? No. Okay, so their jobs are at stake if they defy the blocks. Uh, they could be, yeah. 
So I could see why this. Look, I'm just gonna say it. This fucking sucks all around, and and I hate it. I mean, I hate that we've come to this, and I'm sorry if you listen to this podcast and you're learning an ugly truth about media. But here we are, and I'm sorry that you guys have all been through this, especially since this, like, the center of this was someone who I consider a friend. Um, And I'm bothered that you didn't get more of an immediate reaction that, like, oh shit. they're all going to do something worse next time because I am I am afraid there will be a, a next time. How come there wasn't a hammer of we're walking off the job? Okay, yeah, I'm glad you brought this up. And this is um, – so I've done interviews for, I don't know, six or seven different outlets to this point, probably not done yet. But they all reached out to me, and I actually reached out to you, Eric. And the reason I did that is I was listening to what you said yesterday. Thank you. Why don't these people <laughs> go on strike? Well, so this I'll try to – explain this as clearly as I can. I think maybe for, for Eric and for a lot of people, you think, well, these people are all in a union. Why can't they just walk off a job? Um, it's not that simple. So mm-hmm. had we decided, um, you know, out of nowhere, this happens and we all decide, you know what, enough of this. We're going on strike right now. Just like out of nowhere like that over, over what happened on Wednesday. That would be considered what's called a, a wildcat strike. And that's something that we're not really allowed to do. So, the Toledo News Guild is part of what's called the News Guild, and the News Guild is all over the country, Canada as well. Um, media people from it's mostly newspapers, so like the New York Times reporters, they're all in the guild. L.A. Times, it's all over the country, and then so our big parent union is CWA, Communication Workers of America, and there are certain things that you can strike for, and certain things that you really can't. And that would be one of those things where you can't do that. And so for a couple of reasons, for a strike to really make sense, for a strike to work, for a strike to most importantly be supported by the national level, um, you need to attach it to what's called an unfair labor practice. And that's probably you know, what, what, what management did, you know, as bad as it is, as unethical and unprofessional, I don't think it would constitute a ULP. And so the reason why those ULP charges are so important, if you go on strike because of an unfair labor practice, they, they can replace you with scabs while you're on strike. But when the strike is over with, they have to offer you your job back at whatever salary you were making before the strike happened. If you go out on strike without an unfair labor practice charge, they do not have to do that. So that's the first thing. The second thing is when you go out on strike, you really want it to be supported by the top level of CWA and they, they have their own board and they will vote to either endorse it or not. And if they vote to endorse it, which is what you want, you will then everybody goes out on strike. You will get paid every week by CWA. I think it's like 400 bucks a week. If they do not endorse it, you get nothing. And so especially now of all times, it's not good to tell your people, you know, we're in a pandemic. Um, you haven't had a raise in 18 years. Some of you have had two or three pay cuts in that time. You're not going to make any money for the foreseeable future. Not a good time to do that. So I hope that answers people's questions about you know why we don't just pack up and, and take off. My, I think my initial yeah. my initial thought was that it, it's always it's always money, and for exactly what you said, in any legacy media, we are kept at a pay that is okay, but not great enough where we have the power to go on strike 
for weeks. And and I, Alex, I'm sorry to to jump out. Like I'm just very passionate about this. I understand. Sure. I understand the labor stuff. Like if someone is being treated like shit on the job, or they're not getting paid for overtime, or they're like, "You have a broken leg. Fuck you. Get into work. You can go on strike." But if a mor- if the mortal sin of your news and truth is corrupted, you can't go on strike. That's bullshit. Yeah, I mean it's it's not um, like Jay. That's gonna. This is what is gonna walk you people off the job, like in a in a very crude way. Over the years, I don't agree with putting those songs on the radio station. I don't agree with you homogenizing the playlist. But because I didn't want to lose my job, I went along with it. Meanwhile, you've got payola-ish playlists on the radio, songs that are not really hits, and that's being given to an audience. Like, the integrity is gone. Your new... I mean, some people who don't dive into this like we are, or I know it as well as as many do, the integrity of the newspaper was lost, and you couldn't right. throw down an anvil. Mm-hmm. You got, I fear that you guys will have to say... I can't do this anymore because I'm not going to write for this company. And then how bad this gets is you have to go to USA Today and Gannett and write lists about top places to fucking travel. And I'm sorry, this is how the news is fucked in a lot of ways and how some idiot takes advantage of it. Rant I mean, over. My thought, one of my concerns that I had as I'm learning more about this, and I'm, I mean, I am not connected to media at all, so I'm your layman's person that's learning this. And Jay, I really appreciate your explanations because I also thought well, what's removing your name, you know, striking your name from the story really going to do? And, you know, should a complete strike happen, that would make the biggest, um, that would make the biggest uh, footprint potentially. But not, I agreed in our conversation yesterday and that financially, that's just not something that's feasible at the moment and ethically and legally, it sounds like as well. But what does this do? Because I'm not, you know, I'm not lost on the fact that the Blade receives a fair amount of criticism in general. What is something like this going to do to those who continue to criticize the blade, continue to criticize journalism and media? And I find it to be completely ironic that this journalism is being skewed from somebody who probably falls in line with the view of all media and news is fake. But they're, you know what I mean? I, I, I find that to just be ironic. Great questions. I think one of the things the byline strike does, in addition to you know, a, a collective action by all of our reporters and also it's our photographers as well, not putting their names in any of their photos. Mm-hmm. It's, 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 a, it's a way to collectively stand up and tell management, we're not okay with this. What you did is not okay and you, you need mm-hmm. to know that. I, th- mm-hmm. I, I think we've made that point. Um, hopefully they've have, yeah. gotten that message. But the other thing that it does is I think it's it separates – us from the blocks and all the corporate side of this, right? Because, you know, the blocks and BCI and the blade are kind of, they're all together, right? And all of us, we're, we're in the blade guild, which is, you know, we are not necessarily the blade. And so a lot of the criticisms that readers and people in the community have about the blade, I want them to understand, like most of us, we have the same criticisms. Mm-hmm. And so that's a way for us to, kind of stand apart and distance ourselves from things that we don't necessarily believe in. Mm-hmm. Jay, I don't, I don't and, and this, most, as much as we see all the shit on the internet, and I'd like to say that the winner of all this is AT&T because of all the people dropping Buckeye cable. <laughs> I have friends over there, and they were taking calls, and honestly, this would have been the weekend for me to go, 
you know, I'd really like a special, or I'm, but I, I just don't play that card. Um, most people are the lay people like Alex, and to what she said, to put an exclamation on one of her questions, if you didn't know about this and you picked up your Blade product over the previous 72 hours, you might not notice the difference of right. the lack of writer. Um, that's why I just... I wonder why not why not the bigger anvil and and that's why I wanted to flesh out the point of the bosses while they might tacitly or quietly agree with you they have their jobs they're probably not paid great they can't put their jobs at risk and if they don't do what the blocks tell them to do and hopefully this never happens again but again the temperature is still very high if they don't do it the blocks will fire them because they're not in the guild and they'll get somebody else to do it yeah, well, I, I think they're paid quite handsomely. That's just my opinion. Oh. But, I mean... Because they're orders takers. That's all. Uh, it, it, on some levels, yeah. And on some levels, um, I do feel for them in that regard because I think they are kind of muzzled a lot of times. Mm. Um, but there's they're, also... They're muzzled with money. <laughs> Maybe so. <laughs> they they are. They are. Because you know what? They got into this business to do what you do and deliver the truth. And you know what? They rose to such a level because they were paid well. And then at some point, they, they established a lifestyle where they couldn't give up that money. So now they put their integrity aside and they allowed that to happen. Uh, for some of them, yeah. And for some of them, maybe uh, they face that same ethical dilemma that we do. Of you know, do I want to keep doing this for a family that you know has such horrible, horrible beliefs? Um, I think what this really boils down to, and we talked about some complicated things. What this really all boils down to, though, if you really want to simplify it, just let us do our jobs. Let us do our jobs ethically. Let us do our jobs fairly and accurately. That's what we ask. Because last Wednesday, you didn't let us do that, and that's a problem. And what Eric says, you know, why did, why not make you know a stronger, emphatic point or drop the anvil? I think there will be chances to do that, and this is one of the things that we're working on as a group internally. And I can't say too much about it yet, but there are there are things that we will be asking the community to do to join us, and because we know people are upset about this, and we want you guys to be able to participate, and so we we will ask you to take some action and show that you stand with us and all sure. of that will uh, we'll be unrolling all of that soon enough so let me I'll I'll plug our social media one more time this is like so <laughs> PR of me to do this <laughs> Facebook Toledo News Guild the News Guild all one word that's Facebook and then on Twitter at Blade Guild and, and uh, we'll have a lot of information there you'll be back and you know I will be your number one champion of that because whenever I talk about something with the blade, and uh, we never get this deep in, in most of my, my circles. You have to, and if Jay hasn't made this apparent enough, and I'll give you an analogy, you have to separate the great writers like uh -huh. Jay and these good people uh -huh. trying to get us the news, because like I told Alex yesterday, they are the best collective local journalists in the area. If the blade goes away, we become blind and ignorant to a lot of things that are happening. You have to separate them from the blocks and even the editors. That is paramount. It's like how you support everything on Adam Street, but you still go to Chick-fil-A. It's just <laughs> like that. Yeah, that I a agree. Good analogy, Jay? Yeah, I do like me some Chick-fil-A. <laughs> <laughs> 
<laughs> I agree, Jay, and I'm really excited to see what you guys are doing, and I'm going to support 100% and encourage other people to support. Um, I really appreciate your explanation as well. Sorry I didn't come with the heavy-hitting questions early in the conversation. <laughs> no, I'm glad I could uh, hopefully you know clear some things up for people. I know a lot of these issues are not um, they're not the most simple. So. And you probably Happy have to, to have you. I mean, I commend your patience as well, because I'm sure there's a lot of because the story is receiving traction. There's probably a lot of criticism as much as there maybe less than support. I'm really glad that you guys are receiving support because I think that's going to be extremely necessary as you move forward and just helping you all uh, manage and process everything. But um, you're probably receiving criticism as well. So your your patience is commendable. Well, thank you. Yep, this is. Um it's important to us, it's important to the community, and at the end of the day, we just wanna be able to make sure that the product that people are getting delivered to their homes or on their mm -hmm. devices is uh, you know, up to par. That's really what this is about. Good. Um, sorry for losing my cool. I'm very passionate <laughs> about this. One, because this happened to somebody who I consider a friend, and I'm not gonna name any names, but like, I, I don't know what you said when you saw the editorial changes, but I, I was literally aghast when I read the, the part that said local reporter, I'm like, wow, they local radio stationed this person. Um, I knew you and uh, Nolan had the, the fire to go off, and um, it sucks. It's all part of this, this morass of life that we've been dragged into over the last handful of years where we're just trying to do good things for the community. Mm -hmm. Yeah, exactly. It was... You know, what, what transpired on Wednesday, you know, I'm working from home, so I've got it, you know, on in the background. I'm looking up and just, you know, trying to come to terms with, you know, what I'm looking at. And then, it, you know, quickly later on that evening and the next morning, it kind of transitioned away from being horrified by that and then being horrified by, you know, how the blade decided to handle these things. Are you growing your hair out? Uh, absolutely not. Okay. We told you that. Maybe, maybe it was the camera thing. I saw a little poofy with the hair. Um, how's dating life? Still a pain in the ass? Um, yeah, it's, it's so weird doing it in a, in a pandemic. Uh, it's like, especially now that it's cold outside, and it's kind of like... When they, you can't go for a walk. I know. It's terrible. House is good. The groundhog's dead or ran away or anything. Yeah, I haven't seen the groundhog in, in several months, so that's good. Hopefully, he stays the hell away. Yeah, okay. Well, you still you're still loving the house from the last time we talked and everything. Oh yeah, I love the house. Everything everything is uh, pretty much the way I want it. Um, bought myself a kayak for Christmas. It's in my garage. <gasps> Ooh. Can't wait to move it out. That's exciting. You bought a house this year. I did over the summer. Oh my gosh! I then we were in the same pool of house buying, and it was uh, I was just wasn't that fun. No, <laughs> I don't, I don't have a house. So that at least that shows my reaction to it. I'm like, I don't know if I have the, um, the heart for this at the moment. I'll wait again. I'll wait a little longer. <laughs> you know, I was talking to uh, my realtor maybe about a month ago. We stay in touch and, mm -hmm. um, I, I cover business. And so, you know, we kind of, our industries kind of intersect sometimes anyway, but he was telling me that there's still the, the big problem over the summer was Everybody wanted to buy a house, but not that many people were selling their house. Yep. So there's a supply and demand issue. And that still exists. And he told me this is about a month ago now, but he told me from like as far west as Delta to like as far east as Oregon and then north south between like the state line and Bowling Green, he 
said there were like 700 homes total on the market for that large of an area. That's a tiny, tiny number. It was, and the, the thing I found funny is the other people that I knew were looking at homes, we all kind of had the same budget, uh, similar budget. And um, when they, you know, when I would have a friend or somebody, a work colleague announce that they bought a home, I knew exactly what their home was, how much it cost, what it yeah. looked like, what was on the inside, because we were all in the same market. So I guarantee I would have seen, there's maybe three or four people that announced that they bought a house. And I already, you know, they sh shared a picture and I said, oh, that's the house over there on, you know, in Holland or that's this house. You know, I knew everything about it, which I find to be weird because <laughs> I feel like the same thing is going to happen to me once we hopefully buy in the springtime or the summer. People are going to know, you know, and I'm just like, eh, that's a little awkward. Jay, did you do the same thing where uh, like I, I did the same thing as well. Like I saved houses and places I, I, I went into and I look at them and I, I look at it's like you see somebody else dating a person you were interested in. It's kind of like that with houses. <laughs> yeah. So pro tip for anybody out there, if you're looking, um, get with a realtor. If you're looking, it doesn't cost you anything. And they will give you um, there's like a database of like all the homes yep. in Lucas County and you will see the listings go up like mm -hmm. a day or two before they get on Zillow. Mm -hmm. And that can make the difference sometimes between getting a house or not getting it. Like I made my offer um, like this. I think it was the first or second day my house was on the market is when I, when I had to make an offer. Can you I'm thinking of a certain person. Can you share your realtor's name? Yes, his name is uh, Eddie Campos. He works for okay. uh, Remax Preferred. He's really excellent. If anyone needs a realtor, go look up Eddie. <laughs> there's there's a couple heavy hitters in our community, and I'm no, I know their names and their habits. And it sounded like somebody else I was referring to, but um, I guess a couple. Do, do you have a, like another ten minutes or so? Oh, you should stay on for this combo. Um, yeah, I can do ten minutes. All right, well, we'll do five. We'll do five. Okay. Um, Aside of the chaos, any other new stuff that you have worked on or that you are working on? Maybe any insight on how the um, the Conant Road Diet is working out? Because that's, that's your neck of the woods. <laughs> it used to be. I grew up in Maumee and I lived there forever. Um, but I, uh, yeah, I, I travel there. I travel that little uh, the uptown area every day because my gym is in Perrysburg. And so I go from South Toledo to Perrysburg through Maumee. And um, at first... I hated the idea of it. I thought it was not going to work. I thought it was going to be a nightmare. And at first it kind of was, but I'm, I still, I'm not, I'm still not a huge fan, but I'm learning to deal with it. Um, the only thing that I've noticed that's kind of a problem is if you're turning, if you're on a trail and you want to turn left at the mommy indoor theater, it gets mm -hmm. really backed up right there. Cause there's another stoplight. Mm hmm. And so people get caught in the intersection, like at the trail constantly, which is like kind of scary. Don't block the box like New York City style stuff. Yeah, exactly. What else are you vibing on? What else you got going on news wise? Oh, let's see. I'm working on something for uh, this weekend about Jeep. And let's see today. I, I should probably say what I'm working on today. Working on a story today about why right now is the best time um, to buy a used car. And that will be uh, – it's, it's filed. Um, and sometimes they don't post it until the following morning. So I don't know when people are listening to this, but by Wednesday morning, that should be online. But now is, now is a good time to buy a used car. Um, so if you're looking, check it out, and you can learn all about why. 
I saw your Jeep stuff from over the weekend. A couple of new Jeep products for prices that most people can't afford. Yeah. Uh, I mean, I can't afford them. <laughs> We're most people. <laughs> <laughs> Little bells and whistles. Um, well, thank you. And uh, if all else fails, like if if the planet has gone to where it's it's walking dead, we're going to send Mary with some pizza and she's going to break bread because I love that woman more than a lot mm-hmm. of things in life ever since I've connected with her. Isn't she wonderful? Oh, my God. I, <laughs> lo- I love her so much. And it's not just the candy corn thing, but, like, I owe Sarah so much for connecting me with Mary. I never could have guessed that our relationship would have turned out where it's like, I get to be on cheap eats. Like, oh, my God. I was I was giddy. Yeah, Mary is uh, Mary is extremely nice. One of the ni- nicest people at work. And that yeah, that's one of the other things, too, is, like, for as much as we, you know, criticize the family we work for or the entity or whatever, like the people that we actually work with and all of our, you know, brothers and sisters in our union, like these are the coolest people on earth. Like I don't have a bad thing to say about any of them. That's wonderful. John Chavez, after I after I made it with Mary, I was like, I'd like to talk to John. Like because John knows, John does business stuff. And I think you guys may have, may have intersected over the years. Um, cause it was always you or John who would write about like something opening down the line. And that's really yeah, he's good. a lot better at it than I am. <laughs> he was like in awe or b- he was baffled that I asked to like do a podcast with him. He's like, why does he want to talk to me? I'm like, dude, you know where things open before they're coming. That's, that's good <laughs> Intel. Mm-hmm. Yeah. John is, he's worked here for like 40 years, I think like his entire life. And yeah, he knows, uh, he knows he knows everybody in this town. Awesome. All right. Thank you again. Sorry for losing my cool. Thank you for being clear and calm and concise. And, uh, you know, th- there will whether we like it or not. Well, no, we will like it. We will make positives out of this awful situation that you guys went through last week. Let's hope so. All right, man. I'll see you on the Internet. Bye, Jay. <laughs> All right, guys. Thank Thanks, you. There you go. What a lovely man. Uh, Jay's great. And. Jay is an old soul. Like a Have very... I ever met him? No. Okay. Uh, he did do the Nami chili cook-off. Then I definitely met him because I was there. You Then you probably... Yeah, Jay is... Uh, Jay's Jay. Yeah. Uh, but he's an old soul. And uh, we've talked some mental health things before. And I never want my questions to come off as deep criticisms of what mm-hmm. they just went through. And there are things that I don't understand... Um, but again, I've been doing the legacy media stuff longer than them. You have. You have. Um, well, I th- your questions come from your own experience as well, or from your own perspective. So that's, that's, and those are questions and that's insight that nobody else is going to have. Yeah. And I don't want him to think I ever hate him or think what they did is wrong, but you, you, you brought it up like most right. for as loud as the internet gets, most people had no idea this was going on. And, and if it really did hit them, they were canceling their Buckeye, and it wasn't a Blade thing. And if you just open up the Blade on Sunday, unless you're like a big fan of a particular writer or a piece touches you where you want to mm-hmm. look up and see who wrote this, you don't know them like I do. Um, exactly. So the byline thing, I don't know if it resonated outside of like across the country and them having other writers support. Um, but maybe it resonated with other writers to at least ignite the flame of... Um, it getting traction across the country and you know, so if, if it did that good, then that's, then that's helpful. And now they can get to, you know, they can start down different avenues of, 
alerting the public and standing up for what they believe is right. You know, maybe it, it wasn't like meant, it wasn't maybe, meant, no, I suppose it was meant for us to see and know, but you're right. Like a lay person isn't going to really. Uh, you buzzed out there. You said a lay person. A lay person isn't really going to understand that or even notice it. So the biggest takeaway, and it's unfortunate because um, it's money against people who don't have the money. It's like uh, when it comes to sports, mm-hmm. though, those athletes shouldn't be making that much. Oh, yeah. The millionaires work for billionaires. But the biggest takeaway from all of this should have been where you're getting your news from. Mm-hmm. It's a business. And yeah. the, the only reason that that person or entity is doing that particular product is because it's a business and most businesses don't get into that to lose money. There are very few of those places are so altruistic that they just want to get the clearest, most unbiased truth out there. They're doing sure. it because that's like we are what format we are because we because the company believes it will make the most money for the company. And mm-hmm. that's America. Mm-hmm. Um, and, and, and in a lot of ways, it's really troubling. All right, welcome back to the podcast. We'll get to Janet shortly. Alex, uh, I mentioned this yesterday because when I saw what she was wearing, <laughs> I, I tuned out the chaos. I'm like, this means I'm never wearing dress shoes ever again because the um, vice president-elect wore uh, very casual stuff on the cover of Vogue, but there's chaos. There's chaos. I, so I didn't know anything about it. Again, I've been in a little bit of a bubble. I think I'm still processing everything because I also wasn't performing well on yesterday's podcast, in my opinion. Um, but when I looked at it after we had the conversation, I said, this is a terrible cover. Like I, I even looked at the cover, um, besides the fact that she was wearing tennis shoes, her face, like her, her the, the um, expression that she had on her face the the clothing that she was wearing i just wasn't a fan of it and i'm like why did they choose this cover for kamala and i mean i'll start at the very beginning this the artist the photographer that um took this shot was a black woman and i think the creative control was done by black people as well so vogue did a really good job of um you know allowing um it to be for us by us if that makes any sense um and but it i just Immediately when I saw it and I was reading some of the criticism, I agreed with them and that what was the point of the tennis shoes? There was also an alternative cover that the that Kamala shot where she was in a blue suit. And I don't think they she it was a closer um, it was zoomed in a little bit. So they didn't show her shoes, but she was in a blue suit with her arms crossed with a gold background that really complimented her. And she had a smile on her face that just looked better, more powerful compared to this expression where she looks like confused. Um, I, I was thinking about my response to that and I said, the, the one they chose, you know, I feel like she's saying, hey y'all, what's going on? Where the one that in the blue suit, she's like, I'm here to help you all. Tell me what you need. Tell me what I can do for you. Like those were the, you know, the, that was when I, I looked into this, like I really had some thoughts and some opinions. And it turns out Kamala and her team picked the cover with her in the blue suit with the gold background but they didn't have when they when vogue agreed to do a cover for kamala and her team got together to decide what they were going to do i don't think kamala's team asked for um, the power to make the choice and so while they chose the blue suit vogue ended up going with the black suit with the tennis shoes and they made a comment like anna wintour made a comment saying that in you know we're going through a really difficult time and we just felt like it was important to 
um, show her as relatable. They didn't mean to diminish her accomplishment at all, which I agree. I don't think that anybody intends to diminish the accomplishment, but I found I was triggered by the fact that relatable was used and approachable was used as if her and anything other than tennis shoes and a goofy expression on her face would make her unapproachable or not relatable. Um, and I think that black women specifically are plagued with this over and over and over that like if we are depicted in a powerful manner or sh if we come off as strong um, or independent or intelligent, then we're not as relatable or we're not as approachable. So I, I mean, I don't love to take these, like I always um, feel a little bit on edge when I have this reaction because I know that it gets so much criticism. Like here we are with the black agenda again, here we are with the female agenda again. But when the goal was to make her look relatable, you know, I, I was just taken aback in that, is there any other way that you could have made her look relatable other than like Chuck Taylors and a goofy ass expression on her face? Could, and why does she have to look relatable? This is the most powerful accomplishment. This is huge. She should have been, you know what I mean? Like she should have been posing like fucking Aquaman or a Captain America. Like, why did she have to look like some down home backwoods, like girl from the block, you know? Again, this is, and I know Vogue has had a checkered past with people of color in the past. Mm -hmm. um, but not reading into it, I was like, that's cool. Like, this is Vogue. Right. The, the pinnacle of fashion. We're wearing mm -hmm. sneakers for the rest of our lives into the Senate, into the, into the halls of Senate, to a wedding, and I, and in some ways, like you, we, you, you and I exchange texts. I feel bad, and you're right. Um, different standards for people who are presented to more people, um, people who present those people, or those people have to predict what the public will say. Sure. And it's often a moving target because you're not wrong, and I don't think I'm wrong. And mm -hmm. it's almost like, who do we feel like the most dire consequences will come from? And let's right. avoid that. It, it, it's such a challenge these days. I agree that you have to play a game when you're doing this and that there, um, this one criticism is not the same for all. Um, but I think that this, for this being her first Vogue cover, I think that there was a bit of a misstep and that she should have been given the works um, for this. It, because of the because of the monumentous occasion that it was like it was announcing the vice president of the United States as a woman and as a woman of color and we chose tennis shoes <laughs> like you know what I mean I agree with you that at first you're like oh that's kind of cool like you know and Kamala does seem like that kind of person but she's so much more than that and I think that um it was a misstep because I think you need to understand. And it could, it, it's not like it was like a misstep. It's a misstep from Vogue, like not a misstep from non-people of color. It was a misstep from Vogue because there was plenty of people of color in the room that still, you know what I mean, that, that had a say in this and it still went in this direction that I believe. I believe that there was plenty of people of color in that room that it wasn't thought of like, you know, let's not try to make her look relatable right now. Like, let's give her the honor of 
of savoring this moment and representing who she truly is. You know, while she is relatable, she's also so much more than that. And why can't a woman be relatable in a badass pair of heels and a suit? Like, why can't, you know what I mean? What's the problem with that? <coughs> that was my thought on that. And I really, I was just like, geez. <laughs> yeah, I, I have no idea. And it, it makes, this is what keeps a lot of people, the smart people, off mm -hmm. of so, social media. Um, and I, and I, I feel bad for a lot of people who intend good. I mean, mm -hmm. we know that, the, and this is why we, we've had the intentions talk over the years. You know, look at the intentions, not necessarily the act, because a lot of times good intentions come off poorly because mm -hmm. you couldn't predict some fringe on the internet was mm -hmm. going to pick up steam and, and parse something and off you go. And, and then that's what keeps people off the internet. And you go, why should I bother? Why should I bother putting myself out there when some fringe is going to somehow wrangle so much power and control the narrative when they don't deserve it? It was, you know, and it, that's true. And it was when I, and I, I stand behind the fact that I said I was triggered by this and you and I talked about this a little bit yesterday or maybe today, I don't remember, but you know, I myself have experienced, um, frustration because I'm, I need to maintain a certain image, especially when there's opportunities that are presenting themselves to me. And, you know, there may be a particular person that was like, just do it. Like, why would you care? And I'm like, it's not that simple for me. And then once I explain it, they, it's like, you know, you're right there, that understanding comes, but the, the, um, but it is it people truly have to walk different paths and do different things to receive the same fair amount of um opportunities um it, you know criticism good or bad it's just it's just different for different people um and i just thought that that it i didn't think it needed to go all the way up to vogue for the for her first cover as vice president of the united states that's all that was my thought on that and i'm okay. just like hmm. i'm glad that the internet saw that I'm like, I'm glad that I looked into it. I've been in a bubble. I think that I'm just processing everything that is happening and opinions and what's happened, how we feel about it at home and, you know, all sorts of stuff. But when I looked, cause I'm normally on it, I'm much more on it than I uh, feel like I've been in the last couple of days. But when I saw that and really looked at it intentionally, I'm like, Ooh, there's a problem here. Janet. Hello there, honey. Um, Alex is here, but she's got to run because she, she has a job to do. But I figured if I can get you on before um, she had to run, you guys could exchange pleasantries. Hi, Janet. Hey, sweetie. How are you? I'm good. I've, it's been a really weird, you know, start of the year. <laughs> Busy as can be, but I'm doing good. How about you? Good. Same. It's been weird. I was just telling Eric, I like to acknowledge when I'm a little off and I'm like, ah, I've been a little off today, but I've been way worse. <laughs> so I'm grateful. How, I'm, how have you been off? Um, just a little, uh, I would say slower to respond. When we did yeah. the podcast yesterday, I wasn't as, I wasn't as quick as I normally am, or I didn't have clear thoughts. I wasn't processing things in the same today. Um, but it, but there's a lot, there's, there's just overstimulation with everything that's happening and keeping up with. Um, oh, my God, the crazy stuff with the capital and all that stuff. Yeah. You know, it, it, everything. The world is in such a chaos and such a division. Yeah. It's just, and it's, I think that we, especially people such as ourselves that are sort of empathic, we feel mm -hmm. things so deeply, mm -hmm. it affects us. It, create, mm -hmm. it just creates this, in, in, in this imbalance. 
Yes. That's what I have felt, this off-balance thing. Yeah, no, I agree. I'm right there with you. I know, um, it's just crazy. And I even put a big post on Facebook just now. I said, you know, regardless of where you're at with the election, you know, it's like, this is, let's be constitutional. Let's, I mean, let's work with, you know, let's just try to have some peace here. Let's not be divided. You know, let's work yeah. on having a unity. Don't know if that's, that's going to have to believe in. Don't know if that's going to work to people who stormed the Capitol with, um, <laughs> with high powered weapons. But I mean, um, you're right. You're right. And it, it, it sucks. You're right. And, and, and you're absolutely right about that. The sad part is there's such an ignorance. Then, then you have one person stepping back, getting these people to do these things and, you know, not jumping in himself and, it's just, you know, but it's like these people are kind of, they're pawns, and they're, they should mm. step up and realize they're being pawned. I they're, saw, being, they're pawns in this whole thing. I saw, I'm not a Republican. I'm not a Democrat. I'm in the middle. I just want things to be good, and I want us to all get along and be peaceful. I hate racism. I hate mm. anyone that hates people for gender, color, anything. I, I hate it. I've experienced it as an Arab growing up and the names I was called and stuff like that. And it's horrible. Well, yeah. I mean, it's like, why can't people just get along and just be kind? Sure. It's, it's harder than you think. And some people incite that thing. And last week was, uh, was a, was a sad day for, for us. So, yeah. um, hopefully things oh, I know. will heal. The ignorance forward. of it is what I find appalling. The ignorance. Mm, yeah, well. You know, I actually had a friend even call me or text me and she's a big part of that whole Q- QAnon thing, she's in there. Oh, great. And she, <laughs> you know, she and, and I just finally said, look, I, I don't care what organization you belong to, what you're all about, Democrat, Republican, you know, violence is violence, and I mean, that's it. I, the, it with a big capital V, I don't want to talk about it. <laughs> you know, no, no. I mean, it's just crazy. None violence of, is violence. When there was a... Bottom line. Alex, I know you got to have such a hard time with it, Alex, you know, and, yeah. and it really I know, makes me look oh. at people in a different light. Alex, I know you have to run, but I, I think I said this briefly yesterday when there was people comparing what happened over the summer to last week. Like the people over the summertime have been oppressed in a variety of ways. The majority, sure. like the core of those people have been oppressed sure. in a variety of ways. People climbing the Capitol building and committing those other awful things like those people haven't dealt with hardships. It's just perceived hardships that they're they're told, like Janet said, people who can be easily impressed, like they have had things taken from them and they have not. Yeah, and the fallout is just so awful. I mean, somebody's already taken their life and there's COVID positive cases that are coming out from it as well. So it's just there was nothing good that came from that. There wasn't nothing. there was not good intentions. There was no good intentions behind it. Um, and that was from the very beginning. So if there's any if there's any good that came from it, there's, it's even more clear the disparities in our, in our country. It's even more clear that there wasn't even proper preparation because this group of people were never deemed as a threat when they should have been, and they were the real threat the entire time. Yep, well said. All right, go, go to work. Yeah, Gotta go, bye. Yeah, we need to talk more about this. I mean, really, because, I mean, it's just... It's I would love that. Yeah. I mean, it's I would, my whole anxiety level to, the, I, to it, you know. I, I was upset. Um, my and I don't want to belabor this too much, but it's on all of our minds, and I and I'm now. It is. This is off my grid last week, but I'm now more concerned that other things are planned in the ensuing days, and that, that's that's troublesome. It is. I, I mean, it, you know, you have 
you know, with the inauguration coming up January 20th, I looked at that, and I, was, and I even put that on Facebook, that, you know, we have, we have Saturn and Jupiter both in Aquarius right now, which is wonderful because it's nice humanity, it's a wonderful sign, technology, all these things are going to start popping up this year for the better. But then on top of it, you have Uranus ruled by, ruled by Aquarius in Taurus, wearing all that. So, you know, this, we have some chaos coming up around, I'm worried about the inauguration period. I'm, I'm worried about that leading into the new moon, which is coming up in February in Aquarius. I'm worried about all that because how it's going to create this, you know, you're going to get these crazy people who are followers Hold on. They're not going Wait. to think for themselves. I, I want to have you be careful here because company has asked us to stay away from certain things, like no theorizing. So No, I'm not. But I'm just saying, I just hope we, we come to a balance with each other. I just hope that's what Because ha- I think humanity, people as a rule, are good. I do. I think people basically as a rule are good. Okay. And today the moon's in Capricorn. As it was yesterday at eight thirty in the morning, it went into Capricorn. So this is a favorable time for people in general. Um, you know, we have some positive aspects, so people should sort of feel good that you know we're moving into a you know a better stage of our lives. Things are kind of better. Let's just hope it continues to be on this. I mean, I just think that we're in a healing process. There's still some things that could be crazy, but you know what? There, I've always, my dad always used to say, and he was who I believed, the world is full of very good people, and that's going to outweigh the negative. We have to look at that. I totally forgot that I should clear things with, uh, by, with you on this, but uh, I'll throw it your way. And I know you said that I was in for a pretty decent year, especially professionally. Yeah. I'll hold you to that. Yeah. Um, I bought a new car today. You bought it at the best time possible. Good. All right. So my brother, who's the car. I am so proud of you. If you were, if I was around you, I'd give you a big hug. All right. Because I know that you've gotten on me for not uh, checking with you on bigger things before, but some things fell no, in. No, but you picked the perfect time. Okay. It was Good. wonderful. Awesome. I'm so proud of you. You actually bought it today? Uh Mostly, yeah. I, I'm going to lease it. It's a Mazda from, from Yark, and uh, I got to connect with uh, a friend uh, as a salesperson or, or her husband, and you know, it's it's outside of a weird curveball. It's been fine. It's been great. I'm I'm pretty excited. I mean, you never. Oh, like... that's a great day, and they're so helpful. I love them. I buy. I I'm not trying to give them a freebie, but I I buy all my cars from them because I love them. I buy all my Subarus, and I have for I don't know how many years, twenty some years. I think they're really good, and they their service is, service department is the best. You know, they have like Dustin and. Uh, Steve, they're they're just great guys. Good. Um, how has your uh, new year been so far? What you been up to? Quiet, quiet. Good. I, I did how I did Halloween, New Year's party, New Year's Eve, and I did one New Year's Day, and it was but it was short, sweet, and I we practiced, you know, ma- uh, masks and everything. Good. I told them I said I ha- I have to do it. This is these are my rules. I want to abide by the guidelines, and so we did. They were very respectful. Good. So um, I, I mean, hand sanitizer, the mask, uh, distancing a little bit. You know, it's harder when you're doing a reading because you can't touch people or whatever. I like to look at cards and do the astrology. And I, it was, but I had to, you know, I'm abiding by the rules. I'm not just going to say it. I'm going to do it, you know. Um, good. Well, happy, so it was good. Happy, and Christmas was fine, too. Too much stuff. But, you know, other than that, it was fun. 
Um, but I think we're starting. Let's say, let's just hope that this beginning of the year was a little, with everything going on, was a little crazy. But let's hope that the rest of the year turns out to be positive for all of us. I'm, yeah. I, I, I'm manifesting it out there. I, uh, I feel, I feel good. Not that I can, I can bank that on anything, but. I miss you. Uh, I miss you too. It's been a while. When's the last I time I saw you? I want to be in you? the studio. Yep. When are we going to get in the studio? I don't know. So all the more reason for you to take me up on your offer of buying me coffee sometime. I would love to buy you coffee anytime, but I do miss being in the studio a lot. Before uh, before we dive into some of those uh, the first readings of the year, do you have a spring psychic event planned? I know the last one was in October. I do March 28th, Sunday. Right. It's going to be at the Mommy Pinnacle again. And we're all kind of really excited about that because I've had so many people responding. And um, it's going to be a good one. It's going to be at the Mommy Pinnacle and March 28th on Sunday. And I pick a Sunday only because it's just when people don't really have a lot to do. It's a laid-back day. You know, they can come in, get a couple readings. We're going to have people that have you know, delicious desserts, canned goods. Just it's gonna be, you know, just a really nice event. Our last one was amazing. We we practiced social distancing and it was really interesting. We had no incidences at all. Zero Good. zip. Good. Um yeah. fantastic. I know uh people love these things, they look forward to them. It's a it's a good safe event and uh Yeah it is. I'm not it gonna is. say you have to show up next time. I beat your butt. I know. I, you know what? I'm not going to show because I want you to beat my butt. Bring it on. <laughs> um, some readings. Bring the stick. You, you got those? Uh, you got those in, in front yes. of you? All right. Let's yes. uh, let's fire these off Marissa, first. Well, she was asking about a good day to get married, and she's also involved with. Um, there's no name with this person, so I'm just calling everybody Joe. So Marissa and Joe are getting married, and he, she is a Taurus, which is wonderful. So obviously with her sun sign in, in Taurus, I just want to say this to her, I hope she's listening, that she she will ha- make the most beautiful bride because Taurians are just all about beauty. Everything has to be the best. But she has to be careful not to gain too much weight or lose weight because I did look at her chart and it did show that she's got to be conscientious of that. And I love their connection together. So, you know, they have a really strong relationship. He has to work on his delivery with her a little bit more. But... They love each other. A good month to get married. I really love, and I and I, I love the month of March. Although I think it's a little too soon, she may not be looking for that. So she didn't give me a specific month or anything. But that is um, a really good month. And I also really like April and May. Those are good months to you know to think about that. This whole year is good. As we get into 2022, it might not be as you know as easy because right now this year we don't have venus or mars retrograde thank god but we do have other things going on here that you know we have to be cautious of but this is actually a good year even the fall if she decided suddenly she wants to have a fall wedding i would say okay but if she's if she's specific and wants a specific date she needs to call next week or whatever let us know and then we can kind of look at it narrow it down for her okay and Uh, but I love her chart and I love his chart. James, poor James, he's having a hard time. He, you know, he proposed to his his partner, and I'm not sure how long they've been together. But I really think that 
they're, um, they had a really rough three years, and I think that's the biggest part of it. And also, I'm, I'm not, I hope he's listening or if he's going to listen. I, I don't know if I really think this is an easy relationship for him. I think that based on their uh, attraction towards each other, sometimes they feel that, you know, when you have chemistry, sometimes that over, you overshadow everything and overlook everything. But I don't think it's an easy relationship. So I think that his partner will call him Joe because there's no name. Um, but he would he overthinks, overanalyzes, wants his freedom, but wants doesn't want to lose James. But I just think they really need to reassess their relationship. That's something I'm looking at. And I want it, James. James wants to know he's lost. What do you do to move forward? Well, don't just throw in the towel, but work on the relationship a little bit. And then this is actually a good year for you, James, out there. Um, actually, even though it hasn't started out so great, it is a good year for you because if that does, if this does not work with your partner, you're going to meet somebody else. And I feel like that's going to happen spring, summer, 2021. So your partner, Joe, Jane, whatever who it could be, needs to really get it together. My my dad used to say. Shit or get off the pot. You know what? Sometimes you just got to get off the pot. Your dad was a really wise man. Yes, he was. And he knew, that's exactly it. So many people hang on to a relationship for such a long time, and, and because they keep, it's like this dreamy thing. We keep hoping that person's going to get it or change or come together. That doesn't always work. Yep. You know what? It's, I'm one of these people, if there's seven days of the week, if I'm miserable four of those days, I'm out. I mean, I'm done. I have to be happy at least five to six days of the week. I mean, at least. Yep. And Sounds you, a little weird, but that's no, the way it is. No, like, especially with, with uh, what we've gone through for the last year, I have said over and over again, and this is one of my sayings, that, but people have gone back to science, and science and math are very similar. The math will make the decision for you. Right. Right. And that makes a, it makes a difference, but we hang on because there's hopes. And also, you and I both love psychology. Yes. So, your childhood will also, sometimes it can dictate, even though it shouldn't, sometimes your fear of letting go of somebody. And, and maybe, maybe you were abandoned or maybe you felt betrayed or maybe you didn't have a connection with your mother or father. Somehow you transfer all that to the partner and, it, and it's, more, it's caught up more so with your psychology from inner childhood than it is with your present-day life. Yeah, it's called you're projecting. You're hanging on to things from the past. Yeah, it's called projection. Uh, your, your blind spots, your weaknesses, you, you put them out there Oh, your projection, else. you transfer, it's transference, it's all that stuff. Uh, we got one you more to... to really get, take a look at it. We got one more to get to. Uh, Casey. Casey said, I beat cancer and COVID in one year. Am I immortal? This is the best. No, but you're amazing. <laughs> this is the best one we've ever gotten. Oh, my God. I love that. That is, like, so good. Casey, I'm so happy for you. You actually do have a very strong chart. I love the way that you think. I don't know you, but I feel like I do. Amazing mindset. You are, you're gifted in how you look at life, your projection on things. I think it, I think your mindset had a lot to do with what's going on, mind over matter. Your moon is Taurus. You were not going to give up. You were born under a full moon, sun and moon opposition. And I think that you've got a long life ahead. Good stuff going on here. Good. Awesome. Yeah, anybody, anybody that can do that, you can beat uh, you, you, hopefully you've, you've got plenty of lives to tap into. Um, or, yes. or like, uh, did you see, you know who Dr. Dre is, right? 
Oh, yeah, definitely. Uh, the, so, yeah, we spoke last Tuesday. And remember how we were talking about, like, destiny and free will? Yeah. Well, yes. that dude had an aneurysm. And you know what? As far as I'm concerned, that kills you every time. And mm-hmm. it's it's super quick. Um, so I kind of want to go that way. But you know what? If you had an aneurysm and didn't die, not your time. Not your time. You know, I believe in the higher power of our higher power. When it's your, you know, Edgar Casey once said, no one knows the hour of death, whoever they are. So really, when it's your time, it's your time, and it wasn't his time, and God bless them. And also, if anyone would like to get a hold of me in yes. the office, the number is 419-882-5510, 882-5510, Janet Amid at AOL.com. And you had some really good calls today. I really love these, these questions. Yeah, we, I, so I will talk to you hopefully next Tuesday, right? You can talk to me whenever you want. And we're going to do coffee. Yeah. I have a little bit of a cold. Once uh, we get past the cold, we'll get together. I don't want you to get sick from my cold. Yeah, and you know what? Quite frankly, I mean, I don't. Not that we're going to smooch. Right. I don't do anything anyway. But and we have had a very very manageable winter, but it, the lack of sun and these these cold temperatures. Uh, just better to yeah. stay home with the dogs and in the heat. Yes, yes, yes. Um, I hear you. Okay, to... darling, we okay. will talk soon. Okay, all right, I'll talk to you later. Bye. Mm, bye.